Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. It is. Here we are talking about the greatest birth in history. This, this one baby, uh, the focal point of the entire world. And I just wanted to share how one baby, you think about this, can, can change everything. One baby can change everything. And the fact that we're still talking about it here this, this very day and that we celebrate it every, every year. Pretty, it's pretty amazing. And if you're a parent, you know that one baby, having a kid, changes everything, doesn't it? You think about your life, you had your own life, and then all of a sudden you have a kid, and it just completely changes. I remember when my wife and I, we had our firstborn child, and there was a lot of preparation, you know. There's a lot of work that goes into getting everything ready and everything prepared. We took all the classes, we got the nursery decorated, there's baby showers and gifts and everything. And we remember getting home, and then looking at this child going, oh no, now what? Do you remember that moment? It is a helpless moment as they're crying and you know, you just, you're just trying to think, what did we get ourselves into? And, and I was just thinking about that, like, like, it's not, you know, there's supposed to be this nature nurture thing, but you know, like this life that you're supposed to keep going, like the last life that we had was like a goldfish or a pet, you know, like, and that didn't turn out too well. You're just kind of going, this is going to be interesting as we go. But as a parent of a child, or even if you ever had a newborn puppy, you know, it changes everything. It Parenthood squeezes every ounce of selfishness out of you. Sleep is, is faded memory. The only private moment is hiding in the bathroom with the fan on, okay? You don't have to raise your hand if you did that as a, as a parent. And you're still found out, aren't you? you? They still find you. You hear these, mommy, mommy. And if they're really desperate, it's daddy, right? They get our, they get our attention. Plain and simple, your me time is gone. So it's stressful, it's painful, it's exhausting being a parent. But guess what? We wouldn't change it for the world, would we? We would never, all that we've gone through, and if you've raised children like we're close to, our kids are almost raised, we wouldn't change it for the world. In fact, if we look back on their own childhood, we get emotional about it because of the moments that we had and some of those years blurred together and some of the craziness that happened and the and all that goes in it we wouldn't change a thing about it because one kid changed everything and that's true for our life and our history this teenage couple had this very special assignment that anyone had in human history. Think about it. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the, the only one that, that can hold the, the whole world in the tip of his finger, chose to be born in a feeding trough, in a small stable, surrounded by hay and animals, in a stench of a well-used cave. Isn't it amazing to think about what brought that change? And 2,000 years later, we still be talking about it because it's God in the flesh. Christ come, came 
Incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. Think about this. The birth of Jesus, one child, was a seismic shift in our calendar. We went moved from B.C., right, before Christ, to A.D., means Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. A whole movement started. Our clocks, our, our, our calendar, everything's been set to this. And yet wars have been fought about it. Political decisions have been made. Cathedrals have been built. Ancient writings have been preserved. Paintings and sculptures and music. We, we celebrate every year this multicultural, consumer-driven event called Christmas. But we think about Christmas. What does it mean? Christ must, Jesus more. We celebrate. The masses celebrate it. One little baby did this. One little baby changed everything. It's amazing. But what's amazing about it is, not only that this one baby changed history and culture and even thought, one baby did some amazing things. One baby did this. This one baby brought new beginnings. The, when, you, when a baby's born, there's nothing better than a, a newborn baby. They even smell new. Have you ever smelled a baby? I mean, at least the top end of a baby, they smell really good. They're, they're better than it, guys. They're better than a new car smell. I mean, there's just something about a baby. I was thinking about this. I heard a comedian talk about it, like, knowing, you know, when, when, when a baby's born, especially the, the firstborn, it's like, come see the baby. Come. You got to see the baby. Everybody, you got to come see the baby. And you're like, okay, it sounds like we got to go see the baby. Because the baby is a big event, a, one, a newborn baby. See, it's not, it's, the comedian was joking. He says, you, you never hear anybody say, hey, you know, grandpa's living with them. Hey, come. And, and see the 142-pound, five-ounce grandpa, a thousand months old. He went to the bathroom by himself today. He's napping. He's napping, but he'll, his feeding time's coming. Nobody, you don't hear about, come see grandpa. It's the newborn baby. The Christ birth happened. It was, you know, think about it. It was the most under-advertised event, and it, but had, had big promotion, as we saw displayed and expressed by the angel, were said in, in Luke 2, the, the, the skit portrayed, the angel says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news with great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. That is a huge birth announcement. You've heard of like, you know, planes flying over with it says, you know, some kind of advertisement, a heavenly host. It wasn't some angel choir. It was an army declaring and declaring that he was born. This new birth brought these new beginnings. See, I want you, and, and for some of you might be, this might be the case, you're wrestling with your old life. Your old, this, this last year, your, the past year, and, and you're dealing with old issues and old problems that seem to not go away, just kind of your old self. God promises new, that there is new beginnings. I love 2 Corinthians, where it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. As we say, there's nothing better than smelling a new baby being born. Nothing better than having a fresh start. I know it's only a calendar change, but I thank God for the calendar change of a new year. 2020, that's a huge year. That's a great year to be thinking about looking ahead into the future. But looking at it with new eyes and new opportunities that are there. And there's times where we could hit the, 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 the reset button spiritually. Something new that we can look forward to. So if you're sick and tired of your old life, Jesus offers really true forgiveness 
and the, of the past and hope, hope for the future, a new hope for the future that we can trust in Him as we are in Christ because how one baby changed everything. With new beginnings also brought this. There's, there's one baby that brought new hope. I'm, a, I'm always excited for couples that, that had taken a long time, maybe even several years before they could conceive and have a child. And then they do, and we celebrate that. And, and I tell you, those couples are super ready. They've taken all the classes. They, they got the nursery well-equipped. They even got the college tuition paid for. I mean, par- parents are ready for that. Now, Mary and Joseph had no idea, of course, what that laid on the, the fact of the child that they were giving birth. But what they did discover already within that experience is this baby is something special. That there's new hope for the world through this child. This Jesus was the long-anticipated golden child to be born. And generations to come would put their hope in him. 300 prophecies over a 700 period years prior to were fulfilled by this one baby that brought hope. Hope finally arrived in that dark night in a small lean-to cave with goats and chickens and pigs. Think about it. That's why the Magi came later. Bearing those gifts, the, the gold representing Christ's kingship, the incense of his pr- priestly role to be interceding between God and man, and myrrh, which was kind of a morbid thing to give for embalming bodies, represented Christ's future death to die and suffer for us on the cross. I like what Paul says in Romans for what this is, is this hope. This hope that we're saved. Jesus was born and became the hope of the whole world. And, just, and, and not just then, but hope for our world today. As we've been kind of asking the same question throughout the season, what are you hoping for this holiday season? What are you anticipating? I hope it's not what's under the tree. We know that doesn't last. It, things get old. Things break. Things don't make it through even, even the season sometimes of what we have and possess. What are you putting your hope in? Who are you trusting in? I love Romans where Paul continues for, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. We wait patiently. There's a lot of in, in hope. In fact, you think about the definition of hope. Hope, again, is something that hasn't happened yet. In our lives, we put a lot of hope and we put a lot of trust in the Lord, but there's times in that that we're waiting and we're anticipating and we can get really weary, can't we, in the the waiting. And I wish in life, and this year, you might have experienced a lot of disappointments. Right now, you would say you're in a a place of kind of losing a little bit of hope. Man, I wish I could snap the fingers and, you know, people could get get hired and, and house payments can be made and marriages can be restored and lost kids return home. There's a lot of things we wish could happen and yet that's where hope comes in. That's where trust comes in. And the best thing we could do is knowing that trust is we trust in God's word and we trust in the truth of what it says. Romans 5.5 5 says this hope, what I love this about this, that hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That hope does not disappoint us. And our hope is not hoping into hope. Hope is hoping into Christ. And already he came as the new hope. The fulfillment of everything that 
that needed to be done happened. And we still can trust in that hope. That it's God's spirit that fills us with his hope. So new beginnings and new hope. But know this finally. This one baby, you know what it did? It changed souls. God said to prior to Christ's birth in Matthew 1, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the, the name Jesus because he will save he will save his people from their sins. I want to remind us that the name of Jesus in Greek means Joshua. Joshua means in Hebrew it's Yeshua, means God saves. Powerful, powerful name as a reminder that the name of Jesus, it literally means God saves. That he came within the name he was declared the Messiah. The Messiah that one not just, you know, one day would become. And we haven't even experienced the fulfillment of, of Christ and his kingship and his rule and reign on earth. Jesus came first in the, as the Messiah, as the suffering servant. They come in a, in a, in a humble, humble way but humble all the way through his life. All the way humbling himself even on the cross for us. Shedding his blood and rising from the dead to give us this hope, but it's, it's what will save our souls. Here's the question. He's, he's changed history. Has he changed yours? Has he changed your life? This week we're, we're entering in, you know, Tuesday, we're celebrating Christmas and we're hoping and praying that these seats are filled. That our 2.30 and our 4 and 5.30 are filled. Not just so we have a big crowd to celebrate the big day. But what it's filled with, these seats represent souls. They represent people that will be coming. They'll darken the door of a church that they hardly ever would ever do in, in the course of a year. But this Tuesday is an opportunity. And we want to pray for those souls. And I want to take a moment to pray for them. And prepare for Tuesday. But I also want to pray for you. And the way to do this is. Chris comes and we sing this final song together. I want you to close your eyes with me. Will you just. I'm going to invite you to do that here. This moment. And I want you to reflect. On the Christmas story. And we have. Fresh memory of it just being acted out. In a silly way. But it, it does have meaning. And it's. And I want to go back to that statement that everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. And what I want you to do is I want you to picture with me as you look into the manger. Just as you close your eyes, look into the hay, look into that feeding trough. And I want you to just reflect on that manger representing your own soul. And as you do, as you peer into the manger of your own soul, what do you see? Who's in it? What's in it? I have a feeling if you really spent time reflecting on that, in fact, right now at this moment, you'll be looking into the manger right now and you have a to-do list that's a mile long. Ladies, you have cookies to bake and pies to make and food to prepare and shopping. The list is still there. In fact, today you're going to go and you're going to brave the elements back to the a shopping center today. You're going to be thinking through holiday preparation. Some of you are thinking about your travel plans. Some of you are thinking of loved ones that are lost. Some of you are actually are really stressed and there's some, some worries and some concerns and some, some stuff that you're going through. Some of you would look, as I already mentioned, lost. You would look into the manger, hey, and go, man, 
feel empty right now. My soul is actually empty. Some of the some of the things that are you're going to be involved with this are going to be wonderful. But the, is there is there some clutter in there right now? As all those things can be good and some of those things not so good, whatever they are, it's still stuff. It's even people that you're concerned about. Could you visualize right now those cleared out? In fact, you might even just say, Lord, I, I, I want to I clear the clutter this Christmas. I want to I really take some time to worship you in a pure way, in a, in a simple way. That I could look into the hay and I could see that, that one baby, the Christ child that changed everything. This little baby that would grow up, this little baby that would, would, would do miracles, this little baby that would grow up and, and, and pro- proclaim the kingdom and the hope of the whole world. And ultimately that he would go and die on the cross for all mankind's sin and, and my sin. And that he would rise from the dead. That, that Jesus is the one that we celebrate, Lord. We celebrate you. Lord, we don't want anything to get in the way of that. So Jesus, we just ask that we would, as we look into the manger, Lord, we really would see you and who you are. Because that manger is simply our own very souls that you would come and you would dwell as Emmanuel, as God in the flesh with us. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace that we celebrate. And so Lord, I pray, not only for our our very souls, but we pray for every seed in this room come Tuesday. We pray for the 2.30 service, Lord. We pray that people gathering here would would be impacted of the message of hope that you are the light of the world. We pray for the 4 o'clock as people gather with family and friends and some of us might be inviting people. We're hoping that they not only hear the message clearly, but it would impact their very souls, the manger of their own soul that we receive you as Lord and Savior. We pray for the 5.30 service as, as we gather and we're going to be holding up some candle lights and we're going to be proclaiming that Jesus, you are the light of the world, that we're called to be the light of the world, and that light would shine bright in every heart that would be gathered here, Lord. We lift our gatherings that are coming, Lord, but we lift ourselves to you, Lord. God, that you would use our lives as worship unto you. Declare you to be holy. That night was holy. The night, the night that you arrived, or the day that you arrived, we're not sure, but there was a moment that you came into existence, into this world. And it was a holy moment, Lord. And God, we pray that we would have holy moments like this that we're gathered here and as we gather this week, Lord, honoring you and worshiping you. And as we do, Lord, others would gather as well declaring you the Holy One born as our Savior, as our Lord. We love you in Jesus' name.